1984, pastors Jean and Sue started Faith Christian Center in a hotel ballroom. But for the past 36 years, they have taught people how to practically apply the Bible to their everyday lives. Over the years, God has blessed us and the church has grown. Faith Christian Center is now located on a beautiful 73-acre campus in the heart of the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. We believe the best is yet to come. Today's message will encourage you, inspire you, and teach you how to experience God's best in every area of your life. This is my Bible. It is the Word of God and the will of God for my life. I am who the Word says I am. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm where the Word says I am. I'm seated right now in the heavenly realms, in the place of authority, dominion, and power. I have what the Word says I have. All the blessings of Abraham are mine. And I can do what the Word says I can do. I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. Today my mind is alert. My spirit is receptive. As I am taught the Word of God, my life has changed for the better. And I will never be the same again. Amen may be seated. And as I shared, we're doing things a little bit differently today. After the message, we're going to have a time to pray for those that have a need in your physical body, and it could be something you're dealing with or overcoming. It could be an addiction. A young man in the church shared in a testimony letter last December that in a service when hands were laid upon people, that there had been an addiction in his life he had struggled with a long time and had done what he could do in the natural but that, that day God set him free and he's not struggled with it another single day. Amen? And so we take action, we do the best we can, but there are some things that the anointing of God can fix in a moment. The anointing of God destroys the yoke. This year we've been in a series learning how from the Word of God to handle our money and our finances. And it, God so loves us. He orders our every step. You know, if we could go back in time and you could tell yourself in January all that would go on this year in 2020, you would not believe it. Yet every step of the way, we have walked in the blessing of God. We've walked in the provision of God. Amen. God has been so good to us and to our families and to our church family and our school family. Our two launching scriptures have been Matthew 6 and verse 21. Jesus said, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So how we handle money, it reveals our heart. It reveals our priorities. Then Matthew 6 and verse 33, Jesus said, seek first, not second, not third, not after we've done 10 other things. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, amen. We're, we're to let our light shine, amen. We're to be salt and light in today's world. But part of, part of letting your light shine is living for God with all your heart. Part of letting your light shine is walking with the Lord in righteousness in the world we're living today. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things. What things? The things that people in the world spend all their time chasing after, seeking to acquire. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things shall be added or given unto you as well. Now we know 
In our hearts, we desire to walk with the Lord. We desire to live in a way that pleases Him. We desire to live in a way that honors Him. And we come like on Wednesday nights and we listen and we take notes to learn how to do a better job praying, to learn how to do a better job taking action on the Word of God. But there are things that any of us often do in our lives and they nullify our action, they nullify our praying, and they set us back and hinder us in making progress. And one of those things is worry. Say, say worry. worry. And some of us do it more than others. But worry is contrary to faith. Just like fear is contrary to faith, worry is contrary to faith. And when we're in worry, we're not in faith. And one of the most important things you have to do is watch what you say. Because it's when you say it, your words have great authority. And a lot of times we're worrying here, we're worrying here, but then what do we do? We let it come out of our mouths. Our lives and our hearts should be filled with faith. Our hearts and our lives should be filled with faith, and our hearts and our lives should be filled with joy. And I think that's one of the, there, there are a lot of wicked things about 2020, but one of them is you go places and you can't see whether someone's happy or sad, whether they're, they're encouraged or discouraged. It's not good. It's not healthy. It is not normal. Amen. I, I reject all the calls for a, a new normal. That's wicked. It, it's not normal. It's not natural. It is not healthy. Our lives ought to be filled with faith. Our lives ought to be filled with joy, not fear, not fear, amen, not fear. Well, Austin, did you see this in the news today? Did you see this in social media today? Did you see this that's going to be in the news tomorrow? I do not care, amen? We are to walk with the Lord no matter what days we're living in, no matter what's going on in the news. So we ought to be filled with faith and joy, not fear, not worry, amen, not sadness, not despair, not gloom, not doom, not depression, not despair, amen. We ought to be filled with the joy of the Lord. The Bible says the joy of the Lord is my strength. We ought to be filled with faith and with joy, not the reasonings of unsaved men and women. And so no matter what's going on in the world or the news, where do we go to? We go to the Word of God to see what God says. Now let's go to Matthew 6, and we've been using the two verses from Matthew 6 all year, but let's go to Matthew 6, beginning in verse 25. Our lives and our hearts should be filled with faith and joy, but our hearts and our lives can only be filled with faith and joy when we take action on the Word of God and do things God's way. And how does faith grow? Faith grows in an environment of hearing and taking action on the Word. And as I said, I believe that we're all doing our best every seven days to hear the Word, to take action on the Word, to grow, to mature, to make progress in our walk with God. Amen? Now, if that's not you, don't tell me. You know, if, if you're like, Austin, I don't want to make any progress. I don't want to improve. Don't tell me. It's better for me not to know. Amen? But I believe we're all doing our best to hear and to grow and to mature and to take action. But there are things that we can do that'll set us back and keep us where we're at. And one of those things is worry. 
Matthew 6, beginning in verse 25, Jesus is speaking. He says, therefore, I tell you, do not worry. Tell your neighbor, say, do not worry. Tell your other neighbor, say, do not worry. Now, don't point at anybody else, but point at yourself and tell yourself, say, say do not worry. Now, this is, a, see, we can all do a better job of not worrying. And husbands, if you're, you're, you have a wife, you can help your wife and nicely and kindly with a smile tell her, stop worrying. And wives, you can nicely with a smile, with a kind word of encouragement, you can say, do not worry. Jesus said, do not worry about your life. Now, see, this is contrary to normal, natural human thinking in a sinful, fallen world. Because the, what we do by default is worry. Worry about this, worry about that. And if we're not worried about something, that's what the news is for. That's what talk radio is for. To worry about this, to worry about that. We get on social media, then we're worried about 25 different things. But Jesus said, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more important than food and the body more important than clothes? See, it's not that these things are not important, but we've got to prioritize things rightly. We've got to prioritize rightly. We've got to have the right perspective. I said a few Sundays ago that when you and I are in heaven, all that'll matter is that we're with the Lord. And then over time, is our children with the Lord, our grandchildren with the Lord, our people that we knew and witnessed to and knew here at church and in our everyday dealings, are they in heaven with the Lord? So right priorities. Verse 26, look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. We, we have a lot of birds in our yard, and I could do without the crows, amen, but they, they like the worms, the grubs, whatever. We got a lot of crows. We, we, we've got so many hummingbirds this year. It is unbelievable. And part of it is the girls have a, a ginormous bird feeder that Jessica's father bought them. And so it's bird paradise on our property. But I, I've never seen a group of birds huddled together doing group therapy. <laughs> and as weird and as skittish as squirrels are, I've never seen a, a group of squirrel, squirrels gathered together walking down the driveway with their heads hanging, patting each other on the shoulder, I know, I know it's hard, but it's going to be okay. You know, they're busy collecting nuts, doing what they do. They're not worried. And yet, how much time do we spend every day of our lives worried about this, worried about that, logging in at 8 a.m., logging in at 9 a.m., logging in at 10 a.m. to see if anything is changed? Worry, 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 worry. But he said, look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Verse 27, who of you by worrying can add a single hour to his life? So worrying is not a productive use of our time. When we're in faith and when we're in joy, we are adding to our length of life. But when we are in fear, and we are in despair, and we are in worry, and we are in discouragement, and we are in depression, 
and woe is me. That is shortening our length of life and it is diminishing our quality of life. And I'm not saying it's easy, but this is what our Lord and Savior told us to do. He said, do not worry. Tell yourself again, say, tell yourself, say, do not worry. So who of you by worrying can add a single hour to his life? So it doesn't fix anything. It doesn't help anything. It doesn't improve anything. It, and a lot of times what we love to do is we have our burden. And we love to spread our burden around. And so a son texts you or a daughter texts you or this person texts you or that person texts you. And what do you do? You're worried and you, you want them to worry with you. And that's not what I mean by walking in love and letting your light shine or by being an encouragement and a blessing. So a lot of times we get into worry and we want others to worry with us about whatever it is we're worried about and we get them into worry with us. Why do you worry about clothes? See how the lilies of the field grow? They do not labor or spend, yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. Yeah, I think we don't even grasp how radical a thought Jesus is saying here. Solomon was the wisest man who ever lived. His wealth, his riches were unparalleled. Kings and queens from all over the earth came to see if what they had heard about Solomon was true. And yet Jesus said, I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. So, so tell your neighbor this, say, God will take care of me. Tell, tell your other neighbor, say, God will take care of my family. Now, here's what we want to do. I say that, but see, and then our, our minds say, I, I don't know. I don't know. This is going on. That's going on. This is in the news. That's in the news. I, I don't know. And then we want to break out the mental flow chart and start doing the mental gymnastics. Well, well how is God going to do it? Is he going to do it in this way or that way? Let, let the Lord deal with it. Amen. You, you don't have to figure everything out. You don't have to understand how everything is going to work. Let the Lord handle it. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Now, I know none of us like to think of ourselves as having little faith. But when we worry, we have little faith. When we are in worry we are demonstrating little faith. And it's easy for any of us to do. And that's why, as the New Testament says, we've got to help one another. That's why husbands, you've got to help your wife. Wife, you've got to help your husband. If you're not married, we've got to help each other, amen, encourage one another in the Lord, because it's easy for any of us to get into worry, and we, we sabotage ourselves doing this. We, we hold ourselves back doing this. We, we hinder our progress doing it. Come to church Wednesday night, get all fired up, amen. Pray Thursday morning, so happy, so joyful, so positive, amen. Then we get to work and someone says, how's it going? And then we let unbelief and worry come out of our mouths and we sabotage just what we did that morning. And it's easy for any of us to do. And so we've got to remind ourselves, do not worry. So do not worry. Verse 31, tell yourself again, say, do not worry. Do not worry. Tell, tell one of your neighbors, say, do not, worry. do not worry. Tell your other neighbors, say, do not, worry. do not worry. And I went to school a long time, but this is simple. You know what this means? Do not worry. 
when you want to, do not worry. When the, the news media tells you to, do not worry. Do not worry. Saying, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the pagans. Who are the pagans? Those that don't know the Lord. Those that don't know God. Those that their father God is not their father. Those that do not walk with the Lord. For the pagans, the unbelievers, they run. They chase after all these things. And your heavenly father knows that you need them. Jesus didn't say that we would do without. Jesus didn't say that we would do without clothes. We would do without food. We would do without having something to drink and to nourish our thirst. He said, our heavenly father, he knows that we need these things. And we have it in our mind from our natural human thinking that it's a big deal. But that's natural human thinking. That is not Bible thinking. That is not God thinking. It's a big deal to us, but it ain't a big deal to God. It's a big deal to us, but it's not a big deal to God. Food, clothes, provision, finances, it's easy to our Heavenly Father. Now see, we, we get in our minds that something is hard. We get in our minds and then in our hearts something is difficult, but it's not hard to the Lord. And when it comes to being set free of this addiction or that addiction, when it comes to being healed of this or that, we get it in our minds and then in our hearts that certain things are hard. Nothing is too hard for the Lord. And what is, might be hard for us, it is actually easy for the Lord. Your heavenly Father, He knows, He knows, He knows, He knows that we need them. So every need in your life, your heavenly Father knows. Every bill in your life, your heavenly Father knows. He, he even knows about things that you don't know about yet. He knows that you have need of them. And he wants to wonderfully provide in your life. Verse 33, but seek first. When? First. Before anything else, his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Notice, Jesus did not say that we would do without. That's the mentality of too many believers. Well, I'm going to serve the Lord and I'm going to do without. I'm going to walk with Jesus, but I'm going to be in need and in lack and not enough. No, our heavenly father, he knows what we need. Amen. And Jesus said, when we seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, all these things, they'll be given, they'll be added unto us as well. So verse 34, now no, notice how many times he's saying this. Do not worry, do not worry, do not worry, do not worry. Verse 34, therefore, do not worry. Tell yourself again, say, do not worry. Tell your neighbor, say, do not worry. Tell your other neighbor, say, do not worry. Do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. So we have to remind ourselves to not worry. Do not worry, do not worry. Do not worry. You might have to do a printout and tape it to your refrigerator. Do not worry. You might, instead of hanging a mask from your rearview mirror in the car, amen, you might have to hang a sign that says, do not worry, in all capital letters. Maybe on your screensaver, on your laptop or desktop, maybe it should say, do not worry. Maybe you have to tell your husband or wife, say, you got to remind me not to worry. Because the reality is we all do it, but some of us do it more than others. Now look back at verse 31. Look back at what Jesus says in verse 31. So do not worry, saying. So do not worry, saying. See, we, 
we get charged up in faith, we get encouraged on Sunday or Wednesday, we're, we're taking action, we're, we're making progress, but then we, we open our mouths and we let unbelief or we let worry come out of our mouths. And worry, fear, unbelief, it is all manifested by what we say. And that's why Proverbs 18 and verse 21 is so important, which says death and life are in the power of the tongue. But a lot of times, most people are speaking death and not life. You got to say what you want, not what you fear. You got to say what you want, not what you're worried about. You got to say what you want to happen, not what you don't want to happen. Satan's a liar. Satan's a deceiver. And when you get one answer to prayer, you get one victory. He doesn't like take a break for six months or a year. He, he's right back with words of doubt, words of unbelief, and words of worry. And he, he's a liar. And anything that he's trying to do or bring about, it is a lie. You know, when it came time for Jessica to go to the hospital, have Emily, you know, everything's just silly in 2020. And so I, I could come as her designated guest. I'm glad she chose me to be the one. Amen. <laughs> but you know, you got to get screened and checked and do all that. Well, we're believing everything go great. Well, it, that, that weekend, I, there were just symptoms that were trying to come upon me. And I just thought, nope, not going to have it. And so that Friday, that Saturday, that Sunday, the day of, I just had to stand and fight the fight of faith and say, I'm blessed, I'm healed. I don't have any symptoms. My, my temperature is normal, amen? They're not, they're not going to look at me and think, man, something's wrong with him. we got to quarantine him or check him in. Satan's a liar. Satan's a deceiver. And he'll line 25 people up to say, how are you doing? How are you feeling? You know, I, I see you've, you've rubbed your nose a little bit. You know, there, there's something there hanging down from your nose. You know, are you, are you sure you should be out about but he'll line people up to give you opportunities to say what the word, the opposite of what the word says. I don't see the word says, by the wounds of Jesus, we have been healed. And if I have been, I am. And so there may be symptoms, but that's why we walk by faith and not by sight. There may be symptoms, but that's why we walk by the word of God and not by our senses, what we can taste, what we can taste, see, touch smell, or hear. We walk by the Word of God. We walk by faith. And so I had to just fight, not say a word to Jessica. You know, I was just confessing with her. We'll be blessed going in, blessed coming out. It'll be quick. It'll be easy. Come home the next day. Amen. But it, it was a, a fight of faith for me not to talk about it. Not to say, well, well mom, you're going to have to go in my stead. I, I, I know. Happy wife, happy life. Amen. Guys, you just can't suggest certain things. And so, of course, by the time we, we checked in, all of the symptoms were gone, amen. That was just a lie of the enemy in the midst of all this nuttiness this year. So you've got to fight the faith. You've got to say what you want, not what you fear, not what you dread. You've got to say what you want, not what you don't want. Now, there are two reasons why Christians worry. One reason is they're not taking action on the Word of God. They're not doers of the word, and so their hearts condemn them. 1 John 3, beginning in verse 21, says, Dear friends, if our hearts do not condemn us, we have confidence before him and receive from him anything, anything 
anything we ask because we obey his commands and do what pleases him. So we can live in a way that pleases God. And the life that pleases God is the life of faith. That's what Hebrews chapter 11 and Hebrews 11 and verse 6 is all about. So one way, one reason why believers worry, they're not taking action on the word and their hearts condemn them. Or a second reason is no one has ever taught them how to believe God after taking action on the word. See, Paul told Timothy it's a fight of faith. And just because you won the fight on Monday doesn't mean there's not going to be a fight on Tuesday. And you go to the parable of the sower, Jesus describes Satan this way, that he, he comes along to steal the word. And so somebody comes, whether to an outdoor event like yesterday, the outreach, or they come to church and they, they hear the word and they believe the word and they give their lives to the Lord. But see, Satan will be there Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday. Well, here's 25 friends from the past to try and talk you into going back to your old way of life or to tell you that church isn't cool and you shouldn't go to church. Or someone hears the word and they decide to step out in faith and give an offering or to start tithing. Satan will line up some discouraging things so that they'll turn back from taking action on the word of God. There's this victory, there's that victory, there's this answer to prayer, there's that answer to prayer, but then Satan will come along and he'll say, what about this or what about that? Told a young girl yesterday, some things happen instantly, some things take time. I can't explain it all, don't know all the ins and outs, but some harvests are quicker than others. Some things happen instantly, some things take time. And so when you've got something that you're believing God for and fighting the good fight of faith, you've got to do what Jesus said in Mark 11. You've got to believe you receive every step of the way. On Monday morning, I believe I have received. Tuesday morning, I believe I have received. Wednesday morning, I believe I have received. And even if it doesn't become a reality in 2020, what do you keep doing in 2021? Stay on course. I believe I received. My answer is on the way. The harvest is on the way. My victory is on the way, amen? Young man asked me about how to find a wife last Sunday. I, I told him, based on some of the stuff we've heard the last few years, don't do it on the internet. Now, if you found the perfect person that way, God bless you, amen? But you don't get online and say, well, I'm a Christian, I want an unbeliever. What are you doing? I'm a, I'm a Christian, but I, I want somebody that's a member of Antifa, whatever it is. It is amazing the choices people head down. They make in the roads they head down. So I told him, you have a need in your life? You need to make a list of the, the kind of wife that you're believing God for, what, what she'll be like, what her character qualities will be like, what her strengths will be, and present that petition to the Lord, and then let him meet the request. Now, is it going to happen by 3 o'clock p.m. tomorrow? Probably not, although things are happening quicker in 2020. Amen? But see, you're believing God. You're in faith, but Satan, he'll come along and say it's never going to happen. Satan will come along and say, well, you know, pastor's too strict, and Austin's too strict, and Aaron's too strict, and, you know, if you marry an unbeliever, it's okay. Maybe eventually you can talk them into coming to church. See, he, he gets people to give up on what they're believing God for. And he can do it in your health. He can do it in your body. He can do it in your finances. He can do it 
You're a young person believing God for a spouse. He comes along to talk you out of your harvest and out of your victory. And so you got to fight the faith, fight the fight of faith. You got to stay in faith, not get into worry. Amen. Jesus doesn't want us to worry. He wants us to believe his word. He wants us to confess his word. He wants us to take action on his word. Go to Matthew chapter 11. Matthew 11, beginning in verse 28. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. What does it say? I will give you rest. Not challenges, not difficulties, not, not worries, not problems, not a hard time. See, we, we've got to watch what we say about the Lord. There, there are too many believers, and then they, they present the Lord this way. Well, I became a Christian, and now everything is hard, and everything is difficult. That's not what Jesus said. Come to me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest. Say, say rest. See, if he's with us and he's for us, th things don't have to be hard. Things don't have to be difficult. But what we got to stop doing is trying to do everything in our own strength, and our own ability, in our own way, and let the Lord help us. And let the Lord walk with us. And let the Lord provide. And you shall find rest unto your souls for my yoke. Now this is an example from agriculture. And if you've been out in the country, you may have seen two oxen with a yoke. It's how a load is pulled. And when they train a younger oxen, they put a special yoke that is designed for the big oxen, and then it's smaller for the little oxen to teach them. So they learn how to pull the load. But what does Jesus say about his yoke? My yoke is easy, and my burden is light. So stop saying it's hard to serve the Lord. Stop saying it's difficult to serve the Lord. Stop saying it's hard to do what's right. See, it's hard to do things your way. It's hard to do things the world's way. It's hard to live life the world's way. It's hard to do things the devil's way. But it is easy, and it is so much easier to do things God's way. His ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. Come to me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Young man came to me, so sad, and he was, he was newly married but having trouble in his marriage, and the basic problem was he had decided, despite everything he heard growing up in church, despite what the Word of God says, he had chosen to be unequally yoked together. He didn't want us to do the premarital counseling because he knew what Pastor or Pastor Sue or what I or what Aaron might say. But then, of course, does his own thing, but then comes back, and what does he want us to do? He wants us to fix it. But see, we, I can't make a man or woman be born again. See, any individual, they've got to decide in their heart that they've, they've heard the word, they're going to believe the word, and they're going to give their lives to the Lord, and they're going to be a kind and gracious and loving person. But you or I, you, we can't make someone do that. 
And he, he was so sad. He was so sad. He was so sad. Because of trying to do things his way and not whose way? God's way. When the word tells us to not be unequally yoked together. And then what people do is they, they find a church or they find an environment where the theology is, well, if, if this is going on in your life or that's going on in your life, the Lord is teaching you something. The Lord is making you go through that so you'll learn this lesson or learn that lesson. Nonsense. You're dealing with this or that because you chose to do a certain thing. You chose to do things your way, not God's way. You went on that date, the alarm bells were going off inside, don't be on this date, don't marry her, don't marry him, and you chose to ignore all that and do your own thing. And things are hard, but they're hard, why? Because you did it your way, not the Lord's way. See, what is his way? Verse 30, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So say this, say, God wants me to have rest. God wants, say this, say, God wants me to rest in him. Say, his yoke is easy. Say, his burden is light. Say, if I would just do things his way, it would be easy. For his yoke is easy and his burden is light. So the truth is, if we would do things God's way, things would be so much easier. If life is hard, it's hard because we don't take action on God's word and we don't do things God's way. If marriage is hard, it's hard because we're not taking action on the word of God and we're not doing things God's way. If parenting is hard, it's be hard because we're not taking action on the word and we're not doing things God's way. If finances and money is hard, it's hard because we're not taking action on the word and doing things God's way. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. First Peter 5 and verse 7 says to cast all of our cares, all of our anxieties, all of our worries upon the Lord. If he has it, I don't. And if he has it and I don't, I should stop talking about it. I should stop worrying about it. When people text me or see me and ask me how it's going, I shouldn't put my burden onto them, amen? If the Lord has it, then, I'm, then I don't have it. Come to me, all you who are weary, and I will give you rest. Now, this morning, we're going to have a time of prayer for those that have a need in their physical, mortal body. You might have a need in your body. You might be overcoming something. We're going to have a time of prayer. James 5, beginning in verse 14 says, is any of you sick? He should call the elders of the church to pray over him and anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. And the Lord will raise him up. If he has sinned, he will be forgiven. So there's grace, there's mercy. As I said, you know, there are things that we face and we're simply facing them because of the sinful, fallen world that we live in. But we can also do things and bring trouble on ourselves. We can do things. We can open the door to trouble. But praise God, there's grace and there's mercy. Amen? And the prayer offered in faith will raise him up. So let's stand. If you're here today and you have a need in your body, you have, you're here today, you're overcoming something. You might be here today and maybe there, there's something in your life you've tried to overcome in your own strength, your own ability. 
You've got to cast it upon the Lord and let the Lord do the work in your life. If that's you, I'm going to ask that you come forward a moment, but before you do, I want you to tell at least three people around you, say, tell them, when hands are laid upon me, I will receive my miracle. So if you're here, you need a healing in your body, you need, you need a victory in your body or your life or your circumstances, or you need to be set free of something, before you come, tell three people around you, say, when hands are laid upon me, I'll be healed, I'll be set free, I'll receive my miracle. Then come to the front, and I'm going to pray, pray for you. And for those of you that are out there in the audience, just lift your hands and begin to worship the Lord. Thank Him for doing a work in the lives of each and every single person that comes forward today. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, receive your miracle, receive your answer. I command you to be healed from the crown of your head to the soles of your feet in Jesus' name. And we thank the Lord for taking upon himself every burden in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, be healed, be set free from the crown of your head to the soles of your feet. No more struggle, no more difficulty. Be free and receive your miracle in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, receive your answer, receive your miracle in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I pray for this couple. I thank you, Heavenly Father, for your hand of blessing upon them. I thank you, Heavenly Father, for giving them every desire of their hearts. I thank you for them not being in need or in lack or in want. I thank you for them having every dream and having every desire. And we say, Satan, you take your hands off, and we cast the care, we cast the anxiety, we cast the burden, we cast the worry upon the Lord, and we thank you that they are free of it, that they don't have it, and it's not going to be an issue another day, in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I say, be free, be healed from the crown of your head to the soles of your feet. No, no more worry. No more worry in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, receive your answer, receive your miracle now in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, receive your miracle. We cast every care, we cast every worry, we cast every anxiety upon the Lord. We thank you, Heavenly Father, for doing a mighty, mighty work today in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, be free from the crown of your head to the soles of your feet. Be healed in the name of Jesus. No need, no lack, no worry. We cast every care and every anxiety and every worry upon the Lord, and we thank you for miracles. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, we cast the need, we cast the worry upon the Lord, and we thank you that she and their family, they don't have it, and we thank you, Heavenly Father, for the miracle desire being done and being manifested in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, we thank you for the miracle that they desire. We thank you for every desire of their heart being granted unto them. No trouble, no worry, no lack. We thank you for things being easy, not hard, 
and not difficult in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Now just lift your hands and begin to thank the Lord. Thank the Lord that he has answered, that he has heard, that whatever it was, you don't have it. You're free of it. You are free. You are healed. And if it was a desire of your heart that you have it, that it is yours, that it belongs to you, give him the praise and the credit for it. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord, for doing a mighty work today. We thank you, Heavenly Father, for things being easy, not hard, not difficult. We thank you for things being easy. In Jesus' name, amen. As they return to their seats, just lift your hands and thank the Lord for his work in their lives. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We thank you, Heavenly Father, for your work. We thank you, Heavenly Father, with you and with your help. Things are easy. Things are not hard. Things are not difficult. We thank you that nothing is too hard for you. We thank you that with you, all things are possible. And we give you the praise and the credit and the glory for it. Say this, say, Heavenly Father, I thank you that your yoke, that the yoke of Jesus, it is easy and the burden is light. I'm not going to fear I'm not going to worry. I'm going to stop complaining. I'm going to stop saying what I'm worried about, what I'm fearful of, or what I don't want. And I'm going to say what belongs to me because of what Jesus did on my behalf. I'm blessed. I'm healed. I'm free. And no work of the enemy has any hold on me. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. His yoke is easy and his burden is light. So when someone tomorrow, if you watch, you could be at Chili's for lunch or Olive Garden or wherever. Waiter could walk up and say, how's it going? Pause before you speak. Amen. And say that you are the blessed of the Lord. And tell them how wonderful the Lord is and what he's doing in your life. Amen. That that's what our witness is to be to this world. Amen. Thank you for listening to this life-changing message. To partner with us and to help us reach more people with the good news of the gospel, visit our website at faithchristiancenter.com. Your financial support is enabling us to reach more people than ever before. If you have never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, pray this simple prayer. Lord Jesus, I repent of my sins. Come into my heart. I make you my Lord and Savior. If you prayed that simple prayer, you are born again and today is a new beginning. We would like to send you a copy of Dr. Jean Lingerfeld's book, God's Very Own Child. To receive your free copy, call the church office at 817-561-3400 or send an email to info at faithchristiancenter.com. Remember to put God first in every area of your life because he loves you and has a wonderful plan for you. And don't forget, we walk by faith, not by sight.